welcome to the Cutaways Podcast. I'm Justine. And I'm Ashley. Yay! <laughs> uh, welcome to our weekly podcast. We're watching romantic comedies in chronological order. Through the ages. Through the ages. Today's podcast is brought to you by our patron, Nilba. It sounded like a Sesame Street thing. Today's uh, broadcast is brought to you by the letter M. (laughs) Put it before the letter N. Oh, the letter N. For Nilba. For Nilba. Who's awesome. Yes, thank you. Thanks, Nilba. Let me tell you about Nilba. Tell us. Tell us all. She's really friendly. She always wants me to play video games with her. But I haven't yet because because I'm terrible. You're a terrible person. You need to play video games with Nilba. I will. (laughs) I will. I don't have like a gaming computer. Well, you know, make Drew fix it. Okay. (laughs) So yeah, thanks. Thank you, Nilba. And if uh, anybody else wants to find out more about our Patreon, listen to the end of the show. Yeah, that's where we give all the goodies. Do you want to know what we're watching today? What the heck are we watching today? Because I can never remember the name of the movie we're watching. (laughs) It's okay. That happens even after we've watched them, we forget the name. But you know the one that we'll always remember? Pal Joey. (laughs) Pal Joey. (laughs) Well, today we're not watching Pal Joey again, which is slightly upsetting. I Uh, hope they remake it, uh, remade it at some point that we watch it again. (laughs) I would watch it again. I would too. (laughs) But today we're watching 1997's A Life Less Ordinary. See, that's a terrible title. It is a terrible title. I cannot remember the title of this movie. I can never say the title of this movie. The fact that I was able to say that without going is amazing to me. I'm proud of you. Aw, thank you. (laughs) Well, do you want to know what it's about? (laughs) Just asking you questions today. Please tell me. (laughs) I don't remember what it's about either. Oh, wait, I do. No, you tell me. The Netflix description is... Determined to live a life less ordinary. Thanks, guys, for that. (laughs) Robert, a down-and-out janitor, kidnaps narcissistic heiress Celine in hopes of pulling in a big ransom. That was like the hardest description I have ever read in my entire life. (laughs) Jeez. Kidnaps narcissistic heiress Celine. Yeah, that's like one of those actor warm-up. Yeah, narcissistic heiress, Celine. Narcissistic heiress, Celine. Like, how? why? Netflix people just want to give you a challenge. They do. They are permanently against me. They're here to do a talking shit. Well, you know what? Fix your descriptions, Netflix. I feel like we haven't watched a movie from streaming in a while. It's been a really long time, for sure. I think Mm. the last one was like, Hello, Dolly. Mmm... This movie stars Ewan McGregor, who we previously saw with a really horrible wig in Emma. Uh, Also starring Cameron Diaz from My Best Friend's Wedding, which we previously watched as well. Two weeks ago. Two weeks ago, and we hated it. Yep. (laughs) Deal with it. Deal with it, yeah. (laughs) It also stars Holly Hunter. Our first Holly Hunter movie. Indeed it is. I was watching a movie yesterday, and I thought... That the actress in it was Bonnie Hunt. No, it's Holly Hunter. No, it wasn't even Holly Hunter. Oh, I always get them too confused. It was like Laura Linney or something. Oh my God. Wow. I could see that. Actually, <laughs> all the blondes. Just chilling. I just spent the whole movie being like, yeah, Bonnie Hunt. <laughs> and it wasn't even it wasn't her. her. 
<laughs> well, this movie was directed by Danny Boyle. Uh, it was edited by a name that I am going to attempt to pronounce, and I am so sorry if I screw this name up. Masahiro Hirakubo? Yeah. Sorry. Masahiro. Masahiro. I got that part. Yeah. The assistant editors were Denton Brown and Neil Williams, and the assembly editor was Henri De Silva. Anuri. Anuri De Silva. The movie is rated R for violence and language. It's an hour and 43 minutes long, and it's rated only two stars on the Netflix. Language. Language. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm down for you and McGregor. You and McGregor can get it. Yeah, always. Yeah. I'm always hit or miss with Danny Boyle. Yes. So I'm not, like, encouraged to watch this movie, but I am not, like, discouraged either. The one that I always remember is 127 Hours. Oh, I saw that. I loved that one. Oh, really? I loved the editing. I feel like I could, like, never watch that again and be fine. Well, yeah, I can't, uh, but I loved the editing of it. Oh, we did Steve Jobs. I still haven't seen that. I don't want to see that. See, T2, train spotting, not T2, like, Terminator 2. <laughs> what? Oh, my God, he's rumored to be doing Miss Saigon. Oh, God. Oh, my God. Sunshine. Sunshine was fucked up and weird and confusing. Sunshine is, like, a movie that drew watches a lot i feel like well it's all cinematography based for sure he does heavily rely on visuals he doesn't rely on the story as much as you would want him to for sure it's gonna be interesting i think with a danny boyle directing something being called a rom-com i feel like it's gonna be a loose interpretation of a rom-com. yeah on imdb it's a comedy crime fantasy ah netflix calls it a romantic comedy well, Netflix is not the end-all be-all of movie uh, rating systems, as we have learned. True that. So let's let's go. Let's go watch this movie. Does Ashley's emo side? <laughs> they are not emo. Not really. No, not in the traditional sense. That was a joke. <laughs> that was with my joke voice. <laughs> I like that song. It's about depression. Why did you choose to play that song in relation to this movie? Because this whole movie implies to me, I really think I can figure it out, but I'm going to need a little help to get there. Yeah, I see that. <laughs> I see that. Yeah. It just, it was, it was a movie. <laughs> Plus that song's title name was a life less ordinary. Mm. Not a life less ordinary with a, a space mm -hmm, in between. as mm -hmm. a one word. Nice. Now, as you put it, it was a movie we watched. <laughs> <laughs> Why do we always start like our podcasts where the movies that we don't necessarily like, it's always... That was a movie that we watched. <laughs> <laughs> We're just, it's stating the facts. <laughs> I, I speak truthfully. Just laying the, the ground, you know. The groundwork for not disappointment. We'll build upon it. We start it's, with the, it was a movie. Yeah. It starred Ewan McGregor. Yes. That's the next level. Cameron Diaz was also there. Yeah. Holly Hunter. I'm not sure how I feel about them. Delroy Lindo and Bilbo Baggins. 
There was Bilbo Baggins, there wasn't that. <laughs> and Stanley Tucci. Oh yeah, it's t- <laughs> Dentist Stanley Tucci. Uh, the creepiest Stanley Tucci I've ever seen. I really wanted him to break out in the song from uh, Little Shop of Horrors. Ooh, yeah. Like, I really want him in a musical where he is the dentist. Let's cast it. Guys, we got... I mean, I do have that, like, slight Twitter connection with Lynn manuel now. <laughs> That's right. We homies now, sort of, kind of. No, not really. Actually, Ashley legit knows <laughs> celebrities. You don't have to say who. Well, I was at that one guy's house on thursday right i will not name drop for you because we don't do that here no we don't by the way as a reminder this podcast is brought to you by nilba (laughs) she's the best we love nilba okay we were talking we love this movie though no (laughs) (laughs) you were like so on the fence like i was like justine justine i really don't like this movie justine 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 <laughs> and you're like um, yeah it's going downhill but mm. it started out okay, yeah it started out really strong but then got you know yeah it went downhill I just like that we have Baz Luhrmann Baz Luhrmann is like the safe Danny Boyle <laughs> yes I'm like I'm just so glad I can go home and cuddle up with a Baz Luhrmann and feel safe in my fantasy world He's definitely much better at fantasy than Danny Boyle I is. love fantasy movies. Yes. They're like my top favorite genre is fantasy films. That's why I was like into this movie for a bit because there's a lot of fantasy elements. Yes. But yeah, there's a lot. Of- I got ta- like I really liked the opening. I liked the idea that heaven is like a police uh like place and like everything's white and yeah. Gabriel is just like this random police chief. Yeah. Dude from new york who's just like angry at everything i really liked that concept but then like as they're slowly opening the folder i'm like okay what is happening like what are you trying to say danny (laughs) we can't go down that road again well it's not no it's definitely he was trying to say things about love and i mean i feel like it's more the writer the he didn't write it yeah that's true something about how you gotta work for love and this is an extreme circumstance that they're exhibiting right now. Because there was dire need for love in the... Like, that's... I get that that's the message, that love is something you have to work for, and then there's a dire need for love in the world. Yep. But at the same time, I am conflicted on how if that message was brought across... Positively? Positively, but also, like... I didn't like the fact that the opening talked about how love is, how hard, like love is defined by marriage and love is defined by a man and a woman getting together. I really didn't like that. And so that kind of turned me off from it in the beginning was, oh, this is going to be a mission of, of just getting people married and not talking about what love really is. Like there was this definite weirdness of being caught up in love being defined by marriage almost yeah and i did not like that i agree with that that whole setup made me kind of realize what the whole movie was going to be about and it made it really super boring yeah you called it at the end i was just in it for the wild ride of watching you and mcgregor be cute 
<laughs> no, he was totally cute. I was just super annoyed with, oh, nope, they have to get married. That's how that is going to end. That nobody, this whole plot, even though they love each other, they just kind of confessed it to one another. It's not over yet because they didn't get married. But he's so cute. But he was like an extra 20 minutes that was so unnecessary. I knew it was going to be long when I saw the, the runtime. It's 15 minutes too long. Yes. Yes, as Ashley mentioned, one part of the fantasy element to this film is that we have these two angels who are kind of cupids. Yes. But they're sent by Gabriel on this mission to put these men and women together to be bonded in eternal bliss, as he calls it. And they have to pass this assignment or else they don't come back to heaven. They stuck. They stuck on Earth. Forever. Gross Earth. So then we meet Celine, which is Cameron Diaz, who I think is this film's most problematic character. What do you think? I think that is the most understated thing you've ever said. <laughs> problematic doesn't even begin to cover to cover Celine. Oh right, right, right. You hated her. I hated her from the beginning that she pulled out a gun and started shooting an apple off the top of people's heads. Yeah, she is... I called her wackadoo. You said she's more than wackadoo. She needs help on so many different levels, but I don't think that... It's like she needs to be in Arkham Asylum, okay? She is not... Yeah. She is criminally insane. Right. Not just insane. She has sociopathic tendencies. I wouldn't go far as say that she's sociopathic because she does have, like, the ability to love and to... Okay. Embrace okay. other people. Well, only because I've because the angels intervened. It was like divine divine intervention. At the very, very end when she shoots or when Well, she, she realized that she had those emotions when she got the poem from the angel. And then she came and she's like, No one's ever said things like this to me before. Yeah, but she saved him when they were in the woods. And that to me oh, right. is like Yeah. She has actual emotions. Yeah, at that point I guess, yeah. She was doing that on her own volition yeah she is what everybody wants harley quinn to be i agree with that without the victimist the vi- like the victim side of it but she kept saying how she was the victim she wanted to be the victim mm-hmm. but the problem was is that she was creating this these situations she was in for control herself. the whole time yes like, she created this scenario yes she created the kidnapping she did not she engineered her whole entire existence of being a victim. She is like what men's rights activists say women are like. That that's how a rape like rape victims are. Is they they are in control of it the whole time and they can stop it whenever they want. And I think that is a very dangerous thing to portray in a movie. She was written like with so many different kinds of conflicting personalities well she was written by okay there may be women that uh, are crazy let's go with that that are wackadoodle in real life but you're taking away i think she didn't really have any real substance Mm -hmm. to her she was just written to be crazy for the sake of being crazy like you didn't really have an understanding of why she was the way that she was or if that is truly who she wants to be or if it's an act it's really hard to like digest it all because it's so not 
she wasn't a real person at right. all. Yeah. She was facets of of things that society believes that women are like or can be like. Like she was the bitch, but then she was also the sex symbol. But then she was also the um the victim and needed to be rescued in certain instances. And then she was also the strong heroine who can rescue the man. Mm-hmm. or she's strong and independent and can do things herself like there's just she's so all over the place that it just didn't fit for me like she's like manic pixie dream girl harley quinn yep i think what they were trying to go for by giving her that little bit of a backstory where she had been kidnapped before when she was 12 is that what like instigated her psychosis we'll go with yeah um and that's why she is the way that she is that's why she does the shooting practice every day or you know finds comfort in that or something like that but i don't know she's such a hard character to kind of digest because she's so it's not even fantastical they go beyond the bounds of fantasy like you are so outside of the imagination that i just can't envision her as a character i can't find any humanity or empathy with that character right because it's like at some points she had morals Yes. Like, at some points, she had, like, a set of morals. And then in other points, she completely didn't when she was doing, like, the bank robbing and, like, putting a gun to a little girl's head. Yeah. Like, you would think because of what she'd been through, she would never want anyone to ever, ever experience that. Yeah. Again, especially a young girl. Her whole bit bothers me. Yeah. But then we got Ewan McGregor, who is a janitor. He's been fired at the beginning of the movie. And he's a gem. He's a dreamer. He is a dreamer. He's self-proclaimed dream. He's pretty much his character in Moulin Rouge. Yes, he's basically his character in Moulin Rouge. So that's what I love, Moulin Rouge. So I was just like, oh, it's just like more of this character that I like already. No, I love Moulin Rouge too. I was just automatically, I was like, this is not going to be good. Yeah, it's it's not Moulin Rouge. It's not Moulin Rouge. It doesn't have the same like but he is impact. like this dreamer who's a hopeless romantic. He writes romance novels, but he's a janitor. His girlfriend dumps him, blah blah blah. He's being replaced by a robot and he just is really terrible at doing like this kidnapping thing. So Celine just controls him all the way until he learns to grow a pair. Like at the end he's like completely transformed to this manly man. Yeah, there's a whole other, like, side of this of, like, adding these specific roles for femininity and masculinity, and they were trying to do that. Yeah. Like, here's a woman who can be in touch with her masculine side, or look at how awesome and strong and rawr she is, and crazy and out there and sexy and... Shoot a guy in the head and not even care. Yeah. It's like... Okay, like we can we can explore that. We can explore aspects that, you know, women are not necessarily always the soft, gentle, emotional creatures mm-hmm. that movies typically portray them as. But at the same time, they're also very damaging to just the roles of women in society or not necessarily roles, but the views, I guess, is a better the, the, the way that society views women, it's kind of damaging because it's also perpetuating those aspects of negative or not necessarily negative things that women go through, but how they can be taken and construed as being the manipulator, always out for the money, always out for themselves, have no respect for men and how they're man haters and blah, blah, blah. But then you also have how it views masculinity with Ewan McGregor, how he is like soft and and gentle at at the beginning. 
and then how he has to be a man again he Mm -hmm. has to take in that role and be okay with fighting for her yeah and coming and like kicking the living shit out of holly hunter with that like one punch to the face or whatever he just like backhanded her yeah and then getting into that fist fight like his character in the beginning would never have done that yeah i don't think this was a romantic comedy i can see where it's a black comedy yeah 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 uh but i don't get the genre placement by netflix to be honest yeah netflix all right so we've kind of been going over the overarching plot but let's get into some more nitty-gritty so yeah, after the heaven thing, we meet Salim. We see that she's doing William Tell with her butler. And then um, this is intercut with Ewan McGregor, Robert. He is getting fired. So we got Stanley Tucci talking about how he's proposed to Celine. He's like, you're not going to find another a better husband or a better dentist. Because all men suck in L.A. What's this L.A.? Yeah. It wasn't specifically L.A., but it was L.A. Yeah. The description, or in most of the reviews that I read online, say that this is this is L.A. It was supposed to take place in L.A. But it didn't have, like, L.A. No. It didn't define right. this as an L.A. movie. Right. Had a lot of the desert. Yes. Lots of desert. It reminded me of, okay, it's like if you took the character of What's-Her-Face from The Big Lebowski, who gets kidnapped, and, like, kind of tell it from her side of the story but also like do terrible things yeah so stanley tucci agrees to be in the scenario that if he lets her shoot the apple off his head like she'll say yeah sure i'll marry you but if he flinches or doesn't want to do it they won't get married so she shoots and at the last minute he said wait no and she ends up shooting him in the head but he survives did she did he glance I mean, I could see him surviving if it was like a yeah, a glance, like a side swipe. They said frontal lobe. Well, yeah, but he'd be dead. Yeah, I know. Somehow he survives. He just he lives cuz God intervened. Ewan McGregor gets dumped by his girlfriend who was also replacing him with robots. I loved that line. <laughs> cuz he didn't even get it. Yeah, it was beautiful. So he kind of has this mental breakdown. So the angels visit him at his place as a collection agency and eviction and evict him from his apartment. And repo everything he owns. Yep. So then we meet Bilbo. Bilbo Baggins. Bilbo Baggins. I recognized him from the back of his head, dude. (laughs) I know you did. You're like, Bilbo! (laughs) What up, man? Let's go to the Shire. Did you find that ring yet? Did you find that golem? Did you find that ring yet? (laughs) I like that casual. (laughs) Get that ring. There you get that ring. Bilbo is Celine's dad, and he is mad at her for not marrying Stanley Tucci. Because you can't find a good man or a good dentist in this town. And she's like, I don't want to marry a man like my father. Cheater and a... He'll just leave me just like he left my mother. What a jerk. So then he like threatens her with like cutting her off, cutting her off and wanting her to work. Yes. Which like nothing really happened here. No, because this is a part where Ewan McGregor is like going up into an elevator. Yep. 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 And disrobing. 
takes his jacket off. Uh, well, he started, he was like pulling his shirt up and starting to unbutton his shirt. I thought he was going to like no, take his shirt off too. No, he's fixing his sleeves. He was fixing it. Yeah, okay. Fixing. That's what you said. His floral blouse. His very, very <laughs> silky tie-dye blouse. He's a, he's a handsome man. He's a beautiful man and he's got like so much suave and cutesiness. Nice smile. Nice smile. And the Scottish accent. Robert, Hugh McGregor, now has the confrontation. He busts in on their little meeting. It's at his their off his office, Bilbo's office. He's carrying the robot that's replaced him. Yeah. <laughs> I love that he's like, You think you can replace me with a robot? And he attempts it to throw it out the window, but it just bounces it's off. And then continues to clean. Yeah. <laughs> First lots of security oh, guys. Yeah. Why were there that there were like 10 security guards that just run up all of a sudden and tackle him. How did they even know? Like, was, did, did Bilbo have, like, secret ring powers that alert the security? Were these, like, the riders from Mordor that came and tackled this man? The ring wraiths? The ring wraiths. They're the riders from Mordor. They have many names. The Nazgul. <laughs> so... While the, these, like, ten security guys are pummeling him, he's able to take one of their guns, their little sidearms. Yeah. And he, like, shoots the ceiling, whatever, but then, like, they kind of tackle and he drops it. It skids over to Celine. It lands under her foot, and she kicks it back to him because, like we said, she is instigating this. Yes. She has manufactured it. So he gets the gun, and he threatens to kill Bilbo right through the head, but, you know, he won't. He's counting. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Number ten. Paces fire. Yeah. <laughs> but then Celine is egging him on to shoot her dad. Kill him. Kill him. Kill the Shire. See, she's got like no heart. How she's can she the cringe. Yeah. Oh, and he's her Cindy Lou. Yes. I'm just gonna compare this movie to other better movies. Agreed. <laughs> Uh, so it's Moulin Rouge meets the Grinch. So instead of doing any shooting, Robert just kidnaps Celine, takes her, makes her drive. She can't drive, but makes her drive. And so they go to a gas station like outside of the city now. They've been driving all the way outside the city. And she says to him, my father is going to have you killed. And he's like, well, what if I give you back? <laughs> She's like, no, you, you have no idea how this works. <laughs> so that night, they break into an empty house. And this is where we learn she says she's been kidnapped before. And she's like, you're going to have sex with me now? And he's like, no, no, I've had no sexual motives here. No, none. I am innocent little Ewan McGregor innocent i don't want to touch you here let me put this blanket across your entire body <laughs> that was funny <laughs> gently places it like from the corners and then places it across her and covers from her neck down mm -hmm. yeah she's been tied to the chair by him that's important oh yeah we probably should say that <laughs> he's pretending to be a real kidnapper now yeah so the next day he uh, he comes back from shopping for food and she is, like, broken out of her constraints, but she's still there. And she's reading a book. That magically was placed by the angels, apparently. Who knows? Well, she, the angel, uh, Holly Hunter was reading the same book. She was. Maybe, yeah. I agree with you. See, this is, like, bedazzled. 
Nowhere near as good as Bedazzled. Nowhere near as good. But, like, it's in that fantasy, supernatural vein of Bedazzled. Bedazzled has less, like, violence and guns and and stuff and more humor. Well, maybe the original, the new one. Oh, yeah. No, that's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the Bedazzled that we watched already on the podcast. Yeah. I loved that one. Yeah. But I found now her character be, like, really pissy, like, out of nowhere. Maybe she's hangry. I don't know. I mean, I can understand and appreciate showing hangriness. But, like, no, she got herself into this, and now she's like, meh, 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 you're terrible. I hate this. Meh. I thought this would be fun. You're the worst kidnapper ever. I'm like, what is... She turned into a teenage girl. She became Katherine Heigl. Okay. Oh, that Katherine Heigl. (laughs) From... That one movie. That one movie. I can't remember its name. My Father the Hero. This movie's not as bad as that movie. It's not as gross. It's not as bad. Conceptually or just <laughs> on an emotional level? Emotional? Yeah. I, I would say that it has like a half of a point above it by having Ewan McGregor and not being super creepy. Yeah. So the next scene, he's like, you want to get some exercise. So now she's chopping logs and he's reading the book. Um, the angels in their own scene are like, are they in love yet? Jeez. Because these are, of course, the two people that the angels have been assigned to get together. They definitely manipulated him to cross her path, but had no influence on her. Yeah, it was like the first woman that crossed his path was his destiny. No, I thought, no, they were definitely supposed to. No, it was, they were assigned to him. Oh, I thought they were assigned to each other. No, they were assigned to him. And then, uh, like, she was the first woman that interacted with him. So they're like, okay. Jeez. Set him up. Make the love bagels. Love bagels? Hey, I want a love bagel. Yeah, that sounds good. He's cooked them dinner. She doesn't eat red meat. She's like, you would know if you had asked me, which is exactly what Catherine Heigl said in My Father the Hero. Yes. See? 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 It makes it worse. Oh, that's gross. I feel like I need a nap after that movie. You need a nap after every movie. That movie was exhausting. Oh, yeah. So she's like berating him, being like, what kind of kidnapper are you? Have you even asked for ransom? So then we cut to them in the phone booth and she's coaching him how to ask for ransom. I did kind of enjoy this montage. It was stupid, but I kind of enjoyed it. Yeah. You McGregor montage. Especially where he's like getting words confused. Yeah. Like, listen, daughter, I have your asshole. Yeah. <laughs> Good job. Good job, Ewan. Good job. So Two cute. points for you. She's building him up to be this tough guy who can tough thing. guy. This thing. Now, for some reason, the, the angels go to Bilbo and pose themselves as bounty hunters to up the tension some reason. They have to... They have to up the up the ante, force the love. Yeah. What did she call it? They had to add the... The, the Jeopardy. The Jeopardy. Also, she was like, when Bilbo asked her, like, if she would kill the kidnapper, and she's like, yes, I will do it. And then she's, like, grabbing her boob and, like, sliding her hand down to her vagina, and she's like, for two million dollars. <laughs> And then she's like grabbing things and I'm like, no, no, I, no. 
I think she's supposed to be like the embodiment of like sexuality, like lust and and um bedazzled. Yeah, but lust and bedazzled made sense. She didn't make sense. Yeah, she's like they're they're saying that she's an angel or whatever, like sent. She's an agent of heaven, and like lust is one of the seven deadly sins. So why would she represent lust? It doesn't make any sense to me, and that might be because I was raised Catholic, but I don't know. Doesn't Danny Boyle? No, <laughs> your logic confounds me. Even though you didn't write this, but still, you're the director. Fix it. Mm-hmm. So at the house, at the hideout, someone shows up, and we learn that it's the neighbor. The neighbor is like asking Ewan, like, "Who are you? Who are you?" And Ewan's like, "Ga ga ga." And then Celine shows up, just wearing a blanket, being like, "Are you coming back to bed, sweetie? Oh, who's this?" <laughs> We're newlyweds. And he's a 12 platinum album recording artist from Scotland. Okay. She like really enjoys like the fantasy of it all. Yeah. Definitely for sure. Yes. So yeah, the the neighbor accepts their story and leaves them alone to get busy. But they don't get busy, of course. But he's like, yay, you did it. That's awesome. Thank you for saving my ass. This is the weirdest Stockholm Syndrome movie ever. Yeah. And then she like again berates him and says, your kidnap letter sucks. <laughs> yeah. Because he's been cutting uh, words out of the newspaper. And so they like get in a fight. But then she guides him through it. But then reveals that she wants a share of the money. So that's her motivation now. But why does she need the money if daddy is like she... Ted already has the money. Daddy's not supporting her anymore. Daddy wants her to get married, and if she doesn't, he's going to cut her off. That's what he was saying when Robert... Oh, that's how that connects back in. Got it. So she wants to steal the money from Daddy, because she's got no moral compass. (laughs) She'd rather steal the money than get married to Stanley Tucci. (laughs) Well, I mean... Who wants to be married to a dentist? Yeah. That's creepy, like Stanley Tucci. Super creepy. So she makes the phone call now and does it like, oh, help me, help me, you know. Yeah. Daddy's going to kill me. That's how that worked. So now they've arranged the the car money pickup. But when he opens the trunk of the car, Ewan McGregor finds it's a bomb, but it's not a bomb. It's a carrot bomb. It's a fake bomb. With carrots. But then the angels decide to shoot at him. But the thing is, you know, they're not intending to kill him, so it wouldn't be a real bomb, you know. And when they shoot at him, they miss intentionally. Yeah. They're just upping the jeopardy so the two would fall in love together. Which, if you're falling in love under high-stress circumstances... It's not really love. Right. What is the, what's a movie that we watched, or maybe we didn't watch? Was it like Iron Man, though? No. It was something where somebody's like, it's in high-stress circumstances, it's not good to have a relationship build i don't remember i know i know of what you're talking about but i can't remember what it was so it is a movie we watched i think so yeah you can't really fall in love under duress duress yes that's definitely a movie we watched i know we talked about it when i know that's what one of my counterpoints for beauty and the beast being a stockholm syndrome movie Mm -hmm. was that she was never under any type of like extreme duress so it necessarily doesn't fall under Stockholm Syndrome. I feel like it was bedazzled, but maybe it wasn't. I'm trying to remember. I feel like it was bedazzled, yes, because that's he was that kingpin dude. Yeah. So 
the angels doing something that's, you know, not probably going to work in the end. <laughs> Making them turn into Bonnie and Clyde. Well, and it, like, they kept saying the guys upstairs don't know what it's like to be down here anymore. Like, they don't know how the world works anymore and how love works anymore and blah, blah, blah. blah. It's like, that doesn't, you don't even know how love works. Do you? You're supposed to be guiding forces of love and instead you're guiding forces of violence right now. Yes. That's how I can definitely see that working in Danny Boyle's mind or even like Quentin Tarantino. No, I can definitely see it in Tarantino's mind. I haven't seen enough or read enough of Danny Boyle. But I guess it makes sense because all of his like main dudes aside from 127 Hours are like all angry, like hyped up masculine dudes like Steve Jobs. <laughs> I just pictured like Steve Jobs getting a shootout now. Well, in a Danny Boyle movie, that would be something that would happen. So so then they, there's this car chase with the angels and they're tailing Ewan, but Ewan t- sees this hitchhiker, like the only person we ever see out in this desert. This hitchhiker looks exactly, exactly like, like Ewan McGregor. Yes. So they swap spots. The hitchhiker ends up with the car and the angels chase him down. And then, you know, so Ewan gets away. Because, you know, why not? So back at the hideout, Ewan, you know, is upset, but then proud. Like, Celine, like, is like, hey, but you got away. You're doing it. And he's like, yeah, yeah, I fooled them. I did that. I did a thing. I'm capable of doing this. I'm not a failure at being a kidnapper. Look at me. He's like, let's go get a drink. And she's like, like a date? And he's like, yeah, like a date. Creepy creepster. Which is how whenever anybody asks me to go anywhere, I go like a date. (laughs) Ashley is just speechless because she knows it's true. It's so true. (laughs) Didn't you do that yesterday during the conversation where we were talking about Sam going to the movie with Drew? No, you brought it up. (laughs) You said man date first. But you were thinking it. A little bit. <laughs> like Don't a date? Lie. Like a date. That needs to be on a t-shirt. Like instead of like a boss, it just needs to be like a date. Oh, I want it to be a question. Like oh, a date? Like a date. So they're at the bar. And strange things happen in this country western karaoke, karaoke bar. bar. Okay, first they talk about his relationship and how he sucks at it. I don't know. I was getting food. And then they do shots for freedom. What? Yeah. Uh, yeah, this is when we did some more Hamilton songs. Yeah. <laughs> she she wants to race him in doing shots to win her freedom. Yes. Just like in, you know, my shot in, in Hamilton. Hamilton. Hello. Not throwing away my shot. I'm not throwing away my shot. Yo, I'm just like my country. I'm young, scrappy, and hungry, and I'm not throwing away my shot. Welcome to the Cutaways podcast about a Hamilton experience. Yes. Uh, so she wins. So she's he's like, okay, you're free. But she decides to stay. She's like, we're doing this or something. I don't know. You, she was already free. And then like... She could have left at any time. Yeah. She's just dangling this illusion that he's in control. Well, and then she's also like, but I'm the victim. Yeah. And I want my freedom. Yeah. But you are free. She kept saying, like, I'm the victim. This is how she wanted this, like, role role play. I don't know. She wanted some weirdness, okay? I don't know what she wanted. I don't even think she knew what she wanted. So then um, their country neighbor 
says on the microphone, like, we've got a special treat tonight. We got that 12-time platinum Scottish singer in the house, Richie, <laughs> whatever his name was. So he goes up to sing at the bar and they singing Somewhere Beyond the Sea. And then it turns into this choreographed dance number with music. It's a musical with costumes. Yeah. And it was great. And then weirdness happens. And... Apparently he drank so much that it turned into this in his head and then other dreams he's had mushed in with that and then he just wakes up the next morning. And they had CX. Did they? I don't think they did. She says you were great. Yes. She's not wearing any pants. Yes. Don't know. I don't. It's it's left open-ended and questionable and I don't know. Yeah, he wakes up in bed. She's pantsless. And he says, what happens? What happened? she said, you were great. Oh, I figured out what she wants. What? She wants to zig his ah. Because <laughs> she's a spice girl. She's there to spice up his life. Yep. Tell me what you want, what you really, really want. I'll tell you what you want, what you really, really want. I want to, I want to, I want to, I want to really, really, really want to zig his ah. If you want to be my lover, <laughs> you got to get with my friends. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> Very nice. Um... It's funny, and it works. It works. <laughs> Spice Girls don't wear pants either. No, they don't. Except for Sporty. But that's because those are her pants. <laughs> I'd hope so. <laughs> so, she... He, <laughs> Sorry, I just thought about the movie, and Victoria Beckham going, Can I wear this little Gucci dress, or this little Gucci dress, or this little Gucci dress? I love that you know the words to Spice World. Because so do I. <laughs> it's a great movie. Another wonderful fantasy film. Yeah, I mean, like, I recommend it to people, too. When they're like, dun, 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 and I'm like, have you seen Spice World? Legit is a great movie. It's a classic film. Coming from a filmmaker, I am not lying. <laughs> it is a great film. Cutaway's podcast rates Spice World 5 out of 5. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> it's got aliens. <laughs> and they gotta learn how to fight. It's got guys with assless pants. Oh, yeah, that's right. I forgot about that. It's been too long. It's got Elton John. It's got Meatloaf. It's got it's Alan Cumming. It's got everyone. Cumming. Everyone. Every British person is in this movie. We gotta get back on this movie. Okay. Carry on, my wayward son. Okay, I heard that <laughs> on the radio the other day, and I was like, Dean! Winchester's! <laughs> no! I was like, this is this means it's the end of a, a season of Supernatural! That's what this means! Carry on, my wayward son! There'll be peace when you are done! Lay your weary head to rest! Don't, Don't you cry, cry no more. Didn't wasn't there a supernatural reference that was made during this movie? No, I just you made a supernatural reference about the angels. This movie would have been way better if Misha Bart. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were gonna say if Dean and Sam showed up and just started shooting everybody. <laughs> <laughs> or just say Misha. Oh yeah, Misha. Whew. Oh. Misha and Misha Ewan. Misha and Ewan? Yeah. <laughs> I just said. Uh, I'm going to re-edit it, though, where <laughs> Dean, Dean, Dean and Sam show up. Angels. Like, during and the angel he, apocalypse. Like, yeah. do the thing on the wall, and they, yeah. they blast them out of there. Yeah. And then, then it's over. 
<laughs> the end. Bye, guys. Oh, uh, where I need we need to. Oh, right. Okay, she's not wearing pants. I wrote that as a note because but I was like, because literally when she says later, like soon after, she's just like, I don't know what you think this is. I'm like, you are not wearing pants. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think this is? I don't know. It's a pantsless world, Justine. Get with it. I'm sorry. Get on board with your high-waisted underwear that's black. <laughs> oh. <laughs> don't talk about mine. You're talking about hers. I'm talking about hers. <laughs> I don't have any. I don't think I have any. Either. Not high-waist. Not that. Not like that. No. <laughs> not like giant panties. You Underpants. <laughs> Underpants. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Hugh McGregor is telling her, and this is he mentions a few times throughout the movie because it's important to the end, that he's having these dreams about her, that they're on this game show together. Which haven't been brought up at all for the last 40 fucking five minutes. And the game show is called Perfect Love. I think maybe, like, do you think the angels were infiltrating his dreams? Yes. Okay. They wish they did something with that. I don't know. They didn't. Either that or he's psychic. He oh. was a little psychic. Yes, yes he was. <laughs> what? <laughs> well, Tony Shalhoub is God. Yes. That's what it was. That's what it was. That's what it was. A hundred percent. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. We gotta wait. We gotta wait. But, but yes. just put the image in your mind. Tony Shalhoub is God. Yes. Okay. Okay. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. So then, then, okay. She cuts herself. And I didn't like it. No. Where did she find the razor blade? That is not sanitary, second of all. She has typhus, okay? She needs some iodine stat. <laughs> okay, she cuts herself, so the angels, as the um, bounty hunters, deliver the note to Bilbo Baggins. It's in his handwriting. It's in her blood. Then then they're, we see them walking, our couple. They're walking through the woods. And they're talking about her relationships now and says, you know, it was always like relationships of convenience because she's a rich girl. Yes. There is no love. Right. Love does not exist. I don't know why I went to Russia. <laughs> and he's like, I, I dreamed, I had a dream about you again, that you saved my life. You know, you, you shot me and saved my life. And he, uh, and she finds it very creepy. Yeah. She's like, get me the fuck out of your dreams, man. Yeah. So then there's this money handoff. That's what they're walking to. They're to do this money handoff with the angel. And the angels set up this trap because, like, as Ewan's speeding away, he almost runs over Holly Hunter, who, like, jumps him, you know, takes mm -hmm. his guns. The other guys got her, you know, and they all, like, they kidnapped him now. The angels have become the kidnappers. And everybody is wrong. <laughs> so one of the angels takes... Robert out to the woods to dig his own grave. They're upping the jeopardy again. They really want him to fall in love, guys. And then Celine comes to save Robert because, you know, she's with the other angel, Holly Hunter. It's like, you're not feeling feelings of love? I don't know. So she, like, knocks her out, runs, knocks out the other guy with the shovel. And so they're trying to get away. They're in the car. And, like, Holly Hunter is, like, this psychotic angel. And so they just kill her. <laughs> I really do have like deep questions on what this man's view, the the author, the writer's view of women, are is because all the female characters turn psychotic. Yeah, and and by all of them, I mean the two. The two, yeah, <laughs> the two represented in this movie. So after they 
kill the angel. They go to this gas station to pick up things. But the Celine's dad canceled her credit card. So she's really, really, really mad about this. But I mean, like, she wanted to escape from his clutches to begin with. And yeah, now she's I mad that, like, he's, like, taking her off the, the bankroll, you know? She wanted her cake and she wanted to eat it too. She really did. So now she's like, we're doing a bank robbery. And Ewan McGregor's like, what? No. Okay. So yeah, she's psychotic. She does a thing where she like threatens to kill a little girl. And Ewan's like, don't shoot her. You can kill me. But then they get the money and they leave. And she's like, you were great. And he's like, you were insane. (laughs) (laughs) And so she kisses him. It's their kiss. Their first big they're they're smooch. Yeah. They're only smooch of the movie, really. And then the the security guard who was pooping the whole time during this robbery comes out and shoots Robert in the leg because he protects her. Because after he sees his psychic vision of her dying in the back seat of the car, right? This is he had that psychic vision from we, which we, I don't no. know. No, is it supposed to say that you? Are you have this innate ability to protect the ones that you love? No, I think it was the divine intervention of somebody. I think it was God. (laughs) God damn it, God. Because I think those other two angels were terrible at their jobs. And then God was like, listen, this is how you do. The whole like hands off thing. Isn't that what we talked about in Bedazzled? The whole God has the hands off. Yeah. And the devil has the hands on. Yeah. So God's really the devil. Ooh. (laughs) That would make sense. No, that makes sense because of how violent the angels are. It's really the devil is like setting up more divorce rates <laughs> to piss off Gabriel. I believe that. Man, you really have to watch Bedazzled before you watch this movie. Yeah, it's really a must see. Yeah. So the logical thing of Celine doesn't take him to a hospital, takes him to Stanley Tucci, the dentist. Who's going to operate on him. Yeah, we see that. that that's a graphic shot, too. Just stabbing Ewan McGregor in the leg. That was not okay. I was not prepared. I should have been prepared because you actually see all that in 127 hours. Yeah. Ugh. Ugh. Graphic. Graphic movie. I didn't, I didn't understand. So Ewan later wakes up from his... Slumber? Slumber of passing out from pain. <laughs> being operated on by a dentist because you know a dentist knows what's up in the leg so he wakes up and he's at they're at stanley tucci's mansion and stanley tucci's doing a little photo shoot with celine who's dressed as a sexy nurse yeah with a wig and everything yeah hugh mcgregor's like what's up and stanley tucci's like hey i banged her first or something you know insinuating that he is the man that's what he said he's like I gave her her first filling. Oh, yeah, that was weird. Ugh. So Ewan McGregor throws wine in his face and Stanley Tucci punches him in the gut. It's like, I have to hurt you now. Yeah. Okay. This is whole like the, the man, the man thing. Yeah. More of the man thing. So then Robert, uh, Ewan McGregor headbutts him and Stanley Tucci like falls back. I was like, did he just kill Stanley Tucci? Stanley Tucci is now dead. Because he already had the head, head wound. wound. <laughs> and now he's bleeding from the face. And I'm just like, oh, God. Well, th- that would make sense, too, because what's her face is OK with murder. Yeah. They already killed. They already think they killed a person, the Holly Hunter angel. Yes. You know, so it's just him. Now he's like, 
I'm cool with killing people. Yeah. So this is the part where they're in the car and she's just like, what the hell is that? He would have passed out in two seconds. We had a place to hide. And he's just like, what? No, I didn't like any of that. And he's, and then she's like, what did you, you actually, you thought we had something. Mm. What are you going to do? Ask me to marry you now? <laughs> yes, that is exactly what he's going to do. So they get in this big fight. So he gets out of the car. And so they like split up. They had a me and Sam fight, like for realsies. So the angels are like mad. They're having their little meeting. They're like, the further they get apart, you know, the less success of they're getting together. Yeah. The less love will happen. Right. So the angel writes a love poem to send to Celine. Yes. From Ewan McGregor. So Celine is at her mother's when she gets this love poem. And she goes and finds Robert. Robert's working at this bar as a janitor. Yes. Celine is enthralled. She says, you know, I think we mentioned this. Nobody's ever spoken to me like this before. Yes. You really know who I am. You really love me. And he's like, I didn't write it. (laughs) The angels are like, no. Motherfucker say what? Curse your humanity. He's like, no. I mean, like, I feel those things, but I didn't write it. But she gets really mad and leaves all angrily and upset. And then is hijacked by the angels. Yeah, because her car will spray her. Yeah. Well, before this, we meet Tony Shaloub. It was the diner owner, bartender, whoever. Yeah. And literally, I think he is God in he this. He is totally God. In this movie. He is God. The way he talks to him. And that's why I said I've seen enough supernatural episodes <laughs> to know when someone is supposed to be God. And he is God. He is God in this scenario. He totally is. Well, he's like, you're wanted for murder. You're wanted for these like heavily like armed robbery and all these big crimes. And she still loves you. And you're never going to find that again. What are you thinking? Yeah. He's pretty much encouraging him to go after her. Yes. And it works. But the angels have kidnapped her, tied her up. But then Ewan comes to the rescue, and that's when he punches her in the face. Yes. Holly Hunter. <laughs> I like when the other guy is like, you punched her in the face? She's got a broken arm. <laughs> she could have been a karate master for all I know. Her arm is, is broken. broken. <laughs> <laughs> and he even grabs her arm and wiggles it around like this. <laughs> yeah, there's this big confrontation. There's and fights, and there's guns, and there's stuff. Yeah, but... Out of that, he says, I love, I just wanted to tell you, I love you. And the angel's like, say that again? He's like, I love you. I love you. But. Dun, dun, dun. Bilbo and his henchmen shows up. (laughs) Bilbo and his henchmen show up. From the Shire, (laughs) y'all. What did I miss? The, The henchman shoots the angels in the head. They dead? No, not really. Not really, but... They're kind of dead. They think they're dead. They're They're mostly dead. Mostly dead, (laughs) yes. So Bilbo brings the couple back to the hideout to get the money back. He leaves his own daughter locked in the trunk. Takes you... Hogtied. Yeah, takes you into the house. You and searching all over for the money. And he's like, oh, 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 I found it, I found it. It's down in the basement. And Ewan's just trying to make his escape because the money's not there. Yes. Gabriel... And meanwhile, is having a meeting in heaven, trying to 
get the angels back. Trying to get some divine intervention. Trying to get God on his side, man. Yeah. And then, yeah, there's a bit of rising tension and action, but then it works. The trunk miraculously pops open. And the neighbor is there Mm -hmm. with a knife and a gun. Yep. Gives the, the gun to Celine. Celine bangs down the door, says, hey, daddy, sup? And then shoots uh, Ewan in the heart. Ewan in the heart, just like in his dream. But kills the bodyguard, dude. Kills the bodyguard. Leaves this hole directly through Ewan McGregor with this white light coming out of it. This white pure, this pureness. This pureness coming out of the hole in his heart. Because the love saved him, guys. Yeah, sure. <clears throat> I don't know what else to say. Because love is made in heaven, as they say. Oh, yeah. Then they have this like diatribe part. This is weird part, yeah, where it's like it's it's later, but it's also like the tr- the trailer to the movie is playing. Yeah, like a montage behind them, like they've been rotoscoped out. Yeah, of their background or green screened, or and they're just like recapping what just happened, you know, to each other, but to the, the audience. audience. Yeah, like fate brought us together, and now we're married, guys. Guys, we're married. Yeah. And then that's the end of the movie. But then we see a little cartoon. A claymation. Well, no, we see first we see like an epilogue where we see the angels in their body bags. Right. Yes. And they're going back to heaven. Yes. The angels get to keep their wings. So to speak. But yeah, we see this cartoon about what happens after. They they find the money. They go to Scotland and they They buy buy a a castle. castle. And they live happily ever after. But. Cameron Diaz shoots us in the face with a gun. Yeah. The Gabriel's last words in Latin. Latin. Our love is a path of labors. Not sure they were talking about those kinds of labors there. Guys. Mm. 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 So there's the movie. So now we get to play a game. This game is brought to you by Nilba. <laughs> brought to you by the letter N for Nilba. For Nilba. Our lovely little patron. Yep. Nobody's ever going to become a patron again because they were like, guys, you're just embarrassing. (laughs) (laughs) But if you do want to be embarrassed and associated with it, we'll embarrass you and ourselves. Patreon.com slash cutaways podcast. Yeah. What's the name of this movie? A Life Less Ordinary. Okay. I still can't remember the name of the movie. So we're going to play How's My Marketing? This little game. Where is Ewan's hand? On her tush. No, look. His ha- he doesn't have a hand. Oh, it's in his floral sleeves. <laughs> his tie-dye, his tie-dye uh, lacy shirt. Ashley, can you describe the poster to A Life Less Ordinary? Um, well, they have a lot of motion blur with Cameron Diaz and Ewan McGregor kissing. Cameron is holding a gun and they're all like cuddly wuddly, like off to the side of the poster with the motion effect. It reminds me a lot of the Slumdog Millionaire poster. Yeah, actually. Oh, wow. Yeah, like a lot. Personally, I think the little captions that they have are pretty funny. Kidnapping, blackmail, extortion, karaoke, what some people will do for love. I don't know if it describes the movie. Because it's not like the movie is moving really fast or that life... I'm assuming what they're saying is that life moves so fast that sometimes we don't notice the moments that we should be noticing. Like the gun that Cameron Diaz is holding behind her. Yeah. That like love sometimes creeps up on you and you don't even notice. 
you know, I would look at this poster and be like, I'd see that movie. It looks sweet. <laughs> and then you see the gun and then you're like, oh. No, I don't know if I would notice the gun upon first viewing of poster. I think you already know everything about the plot of the movie, though. Really? I just see this and I'm like, oh, they're kissing. And he's wearing like this floral shirt. Uh, maybe he's from like the 60s and oh, she's traveled okay. through time. She's a time cop. She's got a gun. <laughs> she's a time cop. I like that. That would be a better movie. <laughs> It'd be like Looper, but with a girl. Yeah, I like it's. That's what this says to me. It says time cop. They fall in love across time. And she's gonna kill some people to maintain their love. But I feel like if I went to see the movie, like after seeing this poster, and I start the movie off and I'm gonna be like, oh, they're gonna get married. They're gonna kiss. They're gonna get married. They're gonna fall in love. Like, you already know that ahead of going in. I mean, you know that going into most rom-coms. I don't describe this as a rom-com, though. Yeah. To be fair. Yeah. I feel like he's also a ghost. Yeah. Well, he's got to be a ghost. I mean, he's from the 60s. She's from the future. Well, he's also like Cause his faded hand is in and, out, and his hand is missing. And like his back, his back is all fadedy. Yeah. And okay. she's very clear. Well, that's the thing. It's like time travel will do that to you. I know. Right? <laughs> what would you think about kidnapping, blackmail, extortion, and karaoke, though? I mean, she's a cop. And time has kidnapped her? Maybe she to blackmail her him. Oh, okay. From his time period. Oh, so she's like Bill and Ted. Or I don't know. She Okay, she travels in time. Okay, she travels in time because she's got to, you know, do some cop business. But then she sees this guy that she falls in love with. It's a little diversion. But then something else goes wrong. So there's got to be some sort of blackmail and extortion done. And then they sing about it. So exactly like Bill and Ted. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, now we rate the film, and our ratings are brought to you by Nilba. I give this movie uh, two bags of carrots. Oh, nice. That's a good one. Thank you. That's a really good one. I'm giving this movie one and a half claymation VWs. Ooh, I like that. VW bugs. At the start, for me, this movie was a five, and then it became a three. And then it became a two and a half. It was uh, it was a two and a half when we started talking. Yeah. It went down a half a star. Oh, wow. During our, our talking. Because you really... <laughs> You've come over to the dark side. <laughs> I really wanted to like the movie. I really did. I really liked the concept. I really liked a lot of the cinematography. And... Or I didn't really necessarily like the concept. But I liked the idea of exploring love in that way mm -hmm. like with the cupids and everything i really liked that concept but i didn't like that they tried to like enforce this whole marriage thing on people because sometimes marriage just doesn't work for people mm -hmm. and it just you, you don't it never is like the grand reflection of love that everybody wants it to be it's never that it's always just about being there with your family and friends and like it's not about you it's about everybody else <laughs> Yeah, what really knocked it down for me was us discussing the the implied roles of this is what it's like to be a man and this is what it's like to be a, a woman kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I didn't really catch that until we started talking about it, which is why we talk about things. This is. It's why we're here on the Cutaways podcast to knock down your favorite movies. <laughs> Whatever. Bring it. <laughs> so this brings it to the end of our episode. But hey, you're probably wondering, what are we watching next week? What are we watching next week? Next week. 
we've got a a surprise episode. A surprise in that we just kind of planned it. Yeah. <laughs> um, we're watching 1981's Diva. It's a French movie. It may not be a rom-com, but my neighbor Judy wanted us to watch it. And she wanted to talk about it with us. Right. And Judy's awesome. So we'll do what Judy wants. We're, we, yeah. We, we respect the Judy. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll be watching that. But hey, you may have heard us mention Patreon a few times. Just a few times. <laughs> you listeners can become patrons of our podcast and get an awkward shout out as well. Yeah. Just go to patreon.com slash cutaways podcast. Boom. Boom. Right there. If there's something that you think we should have as a reward, please let us know. Yep. And we'll try and work that out. I, I still want to get stickers. Stickers would be good. You can get stickers from Moo. Oh, yeah. We should do that. Decided. It is law. It is law. <laughs> Thanks, Obama. Our website is thecutaways.com, and that's uh, where you could find all of our episodes if you just want to listen to them there on your desktop or phone. And... It's got other things. There's a blog that we are absent on, unfortunately, because we've been slightly busy. Yeah. But uh, we also have a Twitter and Facebook and Instagram, which we do update a little more. Yes. And that is at Cutaways Podcast. And you can leave us comments and rate us and subscribe to us, please, on iTunes and Stitcher or any device you use to listen to podcasts. Yeah. If you uh, leave us a review or rate us, it just bumps us up so other people can find us more easily. And we greatly appreciate it. Please tell a friend about us if you like us. Tell a puppy. Oh, yeah. We like puppies. We love puppies. Especially my puppy. Aww. He's our mascot. Yes. You can uh, find pictures of the puppy on our Patreon. <laughs> yes. He gets, he gets a weekly update just about all the time. Puppy edits, too. Puppy does edit. Puppy is a great second assistant editor. Mm-hmm. He's beautiful. He's a beautiful soul. Come for your rom-com. Stay for the puppies. <laughs> we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.